Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Now's the time to save 30% on wedding jewelry, only on BlueNile.com. Make sure your wedding ring is the one with your pick of diamond and lab-grown diamond bands, all hand-finished and graded for excellence. Or surprise her with something blue she'll love for life, like a stunning pair of sapphire earrings. Blue Nile's jewelry experts are available 24-7 to help, from fit questions to style advice. Right now, get up to 30% off at BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Over by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Folks, it's David here with this week's episode of Heart and Hand Extra. That's when we look back at uh, Rangers' midweek match with Kilmarnock and look ahead to the weekend's tie with St Mirren. And of course, if we're talking Paisley, who better than uh, the failed city of cultures, uh, Paisley Rose himself, Mr David Marshall. Hello there, sir. How are you doing, David? Yeah, it's uh, good to have you, man. Superman correspondent on a Rangers podcast. Yes, that's your that that's your role. Is uh, uh, well, I mean, you are the, the greatest thing Paisley has given us since mm-hmm. I've no idea because I can't really think of many other great things Paisley has given us. Exactly. I mean, Paolo Nettini. I mean, uh, no, you it's, can, it's you, not a great list. You can keep that. Ian Ferguson, yeah. I suppose, technically, even though he came from Parkhead, but we did get him from St Mirren, so I suppose. Really? Yeah, I suppose we, we'll qualify with him. Right, um, we can't delay it any further. Another disappointing result for Rangers, I'm afraid, against Kilmarnock and a rather kind of tame draw at Ibrox on Wednesday night. The manager had asked for a reaction. Didn't get one in terms of the result. Rangers started well, got an early goal through Alfredo Morelos, but then gave away a, a rather poor goal defensively to Greg Stewart five minutes later. And then, although had a few decent chances, a header from Conor Goldson in the first half, he probably should have scored. Uh, a, a, a shot from James Tavernier that hit the bar. Second half, Scott Arfield's missed a really good chance after a, mm-hmm. a stramash in the box, but ran out of ideas, changed it a few times. But the last 20 minutes, though, I felt Rangers, we lost our discipline. Kilmarnock, who, you know, were time-wasting and trying to break the game up in ugly fills. I thought Rangers fell for it completely. And the last 10 minutes, if anything, um, Kilmarnock were more likely to score than us. I thought our players had, um, com- you know, started to feel sorry for themselves and it was gone. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd agree with most of that. Uh, quick qualification, I didn't watch a game live last night. I watched it um, this afternoon all the way through. And uh, to be perfectly honest, I, I was phasing in and out at points. But 
Yeah, I'd agree. You were looking to come at this game and get a bit of reaction, but, you know, Kamal are a decent side. I don't think when you're looking for, you know, a reaction after the result, they're the easiest team in the league to play in that sense. But even so, I, I was quite disappointed with what I saw. You're right, though, we did make we did make a few decent chances. The one, the, the Arfield one in the second half, I, I don't know how he doesn't bury that or at the very least get on target. The thing for me, David, though, is when I was watching the, the, watching the game this afternoon, the, the worrying thing for me is, are we becoming easy to play against? It seems if you if you play against us and you just sit deep and you know try and let us break you down, that we really struggle to do that. And in this in the Scottish League, that's a real concern because that's how the majority of teams are going to play against us. Simple answer is yes, yes we are, and that's something I think we need to. Do. I don't, I honestly don't think anyone could argue against that. That teams playing a low block against us with mm-hmm. very little ambition and. You know, low blocks are nice, inverting the pyramid term, but let's call it what it is, park the fucking bus. They mm. they think, and evidence is suggesting they are right, that if they work hard and don't make many mistakes, then that makes it very difficult for us. The crowd get frustrated. They were already frustrated going in after Sunday. And yep. we, we that that's what we got. I thought last night that um, the main talking point for me is I don't think Joe Worrell is a bad player, okay? I don't. But I don't get what Nikol Katic has done to be left out of the side so consistently for him. And I'm not sure I see what the manager sees in Worrell that he doesn't see in Katic. Am I being a little harsh there? And, and, and listen, if anyone's listening and saying, oh, you're saying Worrell's rubbish, I'm not. He's a perfectly competent defender. I just don't quite get why Nikol Katic has been banished. I, I, yeah, I agree with that. I, um, I think Katic has been... Um, Fairly unlucky to be uh, left out of the team recently. I mean, he had a poor game at Hamilton the other week. He had a very poor game, but apart from that, he's not really you know done much wrong at his short time at Rangers. I don't. In terms of the two players, I don't think there's you know a million miles a difference in quality. I think Cattage is very popular with the support because of his um, early run and the early European run as well. But out of the two of them, you know, personally, I probably prefer um, I probably prefer Katic, and I'm sure there's a lot of people that agree with me with that. But I think it's just simply the case that Worrell's the manager's boy, and he's the one he prefers, so he's the one that's going to get the nod more often than not. Like I say, I find that one a little a little puzzling. Mm. A concern for me last night was again, and it was a concern on Sunday, and I haven't been bowled over at all by him this season as John Flanagan at left back. Now, in his defence, he's not left-footed and that's always I think a problem you need to be an exceptional footballer I think to overcome that but he gets done for pace a lot I think we all accept that going forward isn't his strength and that's okay but the 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 feeling that we had at the start of the season was he's a good defender but quite often now I'm noticing Chris Burke done him a few times last night I'm like you I watched the game again this morning and it was right in front of me and the govern and Look, it seems to be that if you knock the ball past him, you're probably going to get on the end of it. And again, that's that's partially because he's turning the wrong side for him. But he ended up getting hooked at half-time after a bit of a horror show. I thought Mackay Stephen gave him a toasting um, at the weekend up until Worrell really went over and dealt with it. And if Barisic's injury is is going to keep him out for a wee while, I think this is an area we need to address because Kilmarnock targeted him last night, not only when they had the ball, their attacks went down there, but when they didn't, they allowed us no pressure on him 
they would block up the Tavernier side because clearly you don't want to have busting forward. So he he has become, I think, a target for sides and it was noticeable last night. It's an issue uh, where the left by area is certainly an issue. Flanagan, um, I'll put my hands up to and say he's a guy I didn't want to club in the first place, but since he's been here, I've, I can't really say I hate the guy at all. I think he's... At times could be competent enough, but when you're going to need to rely on him to play, you know, two or three games in a row, I just don't think he can be relied on. The guy has no pace, uh, which has been evident from his entire time here, and his positional sense for me is absolutely shocking as well. Now, that could come for the fact he is playing, you know, on the opposite side than what he's used to, but yeah. it's just, you're right, we are saying, no teams have already latched onto us. He is absolutely a weak link in that team, and I think. The longer he plays there, um, and if we don't address it, we are going to get punished for it. Yeah, that's that's my concern, um, that it, it does look a wee bit square peg round hole. And yeah. when teams are, are probing us for weakness, then that's when I think that they've spotted the good manager in Steve Clark, and it was quite clear to me that that mm. was something they'd done. Although I will give Stephen Gerrard credit, because he, he did realise that and at half-time hooked him. But, yeah. um, but the main issue... It was the same at the weekend, it was the same last night, is creativity, and we don't have an awful lot of it. We play the 4-3-3. I thought last night that Ryan Kent looked shattered, I thought, um, watching the game, and he's been he's been really good for us this season. I love Ryan Kent, but he, he, you know, he just looked shattered last night. And on the other wing, Daniel Candias... Daniel Candace is an interesting player because you always but always get a shift out of him and we did again last night and he helps James Tavernier so much in his defensive game and he is capable of of doing good things going forward but I prefer him in a game where we need a shift so for this might sound a little strange but I would always have him in my team for a European game but I think in a game, or a game, you know, at Parkhead or whatever, but I think in a match where you really need creativity more than work rate, I worry a little bit about him being in the front line. And last night, the front three, well, the front, well, the wide two didn't create much for Alfredo Morelos, who started well and then I thought got, and, and kept fighting very hard and was one of our better players, but had very little to work on. And there's something not right about the midfield. Um, Heart and hands on Lusana Koulibaly isn't in the best of form at the moment. No. And the balance just doesn't seem right to me at the moment in that midfield. Um, and we're predictable. Well, absolutely. That's the problem. Um, your point about Ryan Kent looking tired, I totally agree with that. And I don't know, I think we're putting so much uh, emphasis and, um, you know, um, basically if Ryan Kent isn't at the races, then we don't create very much. Candace as well, you're right. I don't know if it comes down to David as well, though, with Candace. If he is um, a more consistent creative or attacking threat, then the guy is in that Rangers, because you're right, he, is, he does put in a shift absolutely every time he gets on there. One thing for me as well, I, I don't think in the last few games we've seen the best from uh, Tav in an attacking sense, and I think when he's not at it going forward, that again takes out a big uh, arsenal in, our, uh, in going forward for us. Koulibaly for me, that's... Um, do you know, I, I was thinking about this this afternoon when I was watching the game. I know they're two totally different players and I've, I'm probably being very harsh here on Koulibaly to bring this up, but I'm seeing a lot of uh, what happened to Nathan Adour when he was at Rangers. You know, he started really brightly, looked like a good creative player. Then he got, you know, he got battered about a couple of times and then just totally fell out of it up here. 
that's probably a wee bit harsh, but I'm seeing similarities here, and I just what that guy brung to us when he first uh, came to the club, uh, he looked superb, he looked a sensation, but since, um, you know, funny enough, uh, he got injured against St Mirren, he's just not seen the races. Our midfield at the moment is is worrying, because that's the area of the park that we invested most into over the summer, and they're just not uh, bringing the goods. I think um, Scott Arfield has been, overall, been slightly disappointing as well. I think he can flatter to, de- to, de- to deceive a lot as well. He is a goal threat, but I think he falls out of games too much as well. Uh, I, I think Scott Arfield's done well overall, and I think we're a much better team when he's in it, but I think that mm. he didn't look fully fit last night. He's, he's you know, just coming back from injury, and the sharpness wasn't there. Uh, we've played a lot of matches, and last night I looked at and as I say, the last 20 minutes, they got frustrated. And don't get me wrong, the referee last night was a shocker. Um, just dreadful referee. Kelly are, uh, shall we say, very professional side. They're very good at wee niggly fouls. They're very good at time-wasting. Yeah. But we got sucked into it. And from about 86 minutes and then five minutes injury time, they completely killed the game. And we allowed them to do that when we should have been taking it. You know, the, the the crowd got the boost when the five minutes went up, but then Kelly went up, kept us in the corner, forced a series of set pieces, and um, our players just grew more and more frustrated. You could see it, and it just wasn't, uh, you know, arguing with the referee. It's it's our time you're wasting at that point, that's lads. Stupid, and, that's bloody stupid. Yeah, yeah. And, it, and it was just it was just a really frustrating night all in for for Rangers. Now, Stephen Gerrard. Uh, I like a great deal and I think he's going to be a good manager but he's raw and he's you know making making certain errors but he clearly has the belief in this system but I think that we need to look at doing something else because we just don't seem to have a goal threat at the moment and other teams aren't aren't going to change they've you know it's quite obvious now what you need to do against this 4-3-3 the phrase that you know springs to mind that may be unfair, but is that oh they've figured this out because it kind of looks that way. I mean, and he sort of lo- alluded to itself last night when he said Kilmarnock will have seen what Spartak and what Aberdeen did and decided to do it. Well, that to me indicates then yes, everyone's went oh if you do this you stop them. So surely then we need to look at going okay when we do the four three three this low block seems to completely stop us. So what do we do to circumvent? Do we go three five two? Do we go four? Uh, two one or four two three one. What what do we do? And I think we now need to look at that as well as personnel. So we'll start with formation, and then we'll come to guys like Grejda. Two million quid. We've barely seen him. Yes, he's been injured, but mm-hmm. last night the, the the team looked utterly devoid of freshness. And you're looking at the bench and saying there are players on there that haven't played as much. Do we need to think about a how do we get them into the team and b what do we do when they're in there to beat what we know we're going to come up against? Yeah, um, on that point, David, before uh, before we came on, I was checking my emails and got an email for the club, uh, you know, their web news, and uh, it was a match report from last night, and I had the headline of Rangers stutter against Kamarnock. I, I disagree with that because I don't think last night's uh, result was a great surprise. I think it's very much indicative of our form uh, the last wee while. In terms of Gerard, I'm like yourself. I like him a lot. I think he has a lot of tools you need to be a success as a manager, but he is, in managerial terms, very raw, very young. So, again, I'm looking to the guys beside them, uh, Gary McAllister and Michael Beale, to kind of, you know, 
help him along there. If things need to change, and I'm sure the management team are having these kind of uh, conversations, I hope they're having the discussion that, right, so how do we go about changing this? This system that we've got seems to, be, um, and I think you're right when you're saying it, looks to has, it has been figured out, so how do we go about changing it? It's not simply a wobble to case of do plan A better, that, that doesn't work. It doesn't work, no. <laughs> it simply doesn't. The guys that we've um, still got to come in, Gresda and whatnot, it's frustrating from a fan's point of view, especially uh, ourselves when we spent so much money. Uh, £2 million is a lot of money for Rangers and we've saw very little from them. It's just, I think, frustrating to me and key at the point because we are, I think overall, the, the club is still in an optimistic place. The one thing it does worry me, David, is you talk about the team looking tired and... You're right, we have played a lot of football to this point, but that worries me because it's November and we're on a point right now where uh, it looks you know, likely that we could have European football going into after Christmas. That's not going to help uh, if we look tired now and we're still going to be fighting on you know, the league and uh, Scottish Cup to fight for as well. Two competitions that we have ambitions of winning. So we're looking tired in November. <laughs> It doesn't bode well for what we've got coming into the new year. One of the things that I noticed today from the social media reaction, you, know, you always expect it on the night after the game, but today an awful lot of negativity. And I wonder if our circumstances these last six years have heightened that because yeah. I think that while we, we sit and we discuss, you're quite rational, I think the Rangers support are very mature about stuff like that. Um, in the cold light of day, we'll sit and we'll discuss you know, formations and structures and what we need to do and where we are and the, the context around it. In our heart of hearts, what we are looking for is a manager who just comes in, maybe experiments a bit in the first few weeks, and then we, we just start winning and we keep winning. And that's what everyone's after. And I'm not sure that that's realistic. I, I don't think a manager, any manager, without significant investment, and I mean heavy duty, go out and blow away the competition investment, I'm not sure there's any manager who can come in and deliver that. I think any manager, we might not like to hear this, but I think that we're a minimum two-year project to get right. And that means there'll be nights like this and weeks like this. But then on the other hand, while I'm thinking that and going, well, we need to give time, I understand the reality of the situation. And I know that, for instance, if we don't get a result at the weekend, then it will be pitchfork and burnings time. And I totally get it because, don't get me wrong, while I'm, as I say, cold light of day, able to sit here and say this, when I was leaving the stadium last night, I was fucking raging. So yeah. it, it's one of the unfortunate products of what's happened to us. I agree with that. I think it comes down to two things. Firstly, that we're Rangers and we win, and that's the bottom line. And if we don't win, something's uh, not right, uh, which is clearly been the case. <laughs> hasn't been right for some time. But then I think uh, critics of that will say, well, that's an entitled attitude for the fans to have. I don't really think it's an entitlement. I think it's more just frustration and a lack of patience because of what we've went through the last six years. I think the patience within the support has pretty much ran out and that might be unfair in Gerard because I'll agree, I'm, I'm absolutely wanted Gerard to come in here and just, you know, be a sensation and blitz all in front of him but, you know, football doesn't work out like that eh, most of the time. I think you're right as well. I think as frustrating as it might be, the progress that we're going to make might just be baby steps and 
you know, that might mean we need to still take further pain before things get to where we are. It might mean that we don't win the league this year. It might mean still to get 10 in a row. But ultimately, if what we're doing now leads to our 55th league title, then we just need to get our teeth and get on with it. I think that doesn't mean, you know, that we accept um, pish or absolute, you know, getting getting beat every week. Gerard isn't... Uh, above criticism, absolutely nobody at Rangers is above criticism in my opinion but I, I just think it's going to be a case of as I said, baby steps but if it leads us to our ultimate goal listen, I think they're more worried about us winning 55 than we are them winning 10 in a row I'm more concentrating what we're going to do in the future in the next 5 years but as I said, it might take a wee bit of pain do I still think we're going in the right direction though? Yes but it is going to be that case although we're still going to have Nice like this in situations where things aren't always going to go our way. It's not just going to be a clean break from the past when everything is just going to flick a switch and everything's just going to go 100% Rangers way. Of course, while I agree with everything you said there, I do know that if we don't win on Saturday, I'm going to be going out looking for cats to kick. So will I see. I'm, I'm so, the yeah. exact same there's, that, there's, yeah, there's a hypocritical element to me here yeah. that I'm sitting going, no, we need to be calm and let's look at it. That's okay on the Thursday, but I know what I'll be like on Saturday. It'll be mm-hmm. this fucking game one, this mob of pish, beat them Rangers. It's like Sunday there, when we get beat by Aberdeen, I was away covering the, the women's team. We got hammered 7 men against Hibs. I was fucking freezing, came out the ground, literally just as I was leaving the game, my phone buzzed, Aberdeen won, Rangers nil. I wanted to fling it so far to fuck, and the <laughs> rational side of my brain was not getting listened to it whatsoever. All I was like, fuck's sake, Rangers, why are we not beating these shit bastards? I want to win a fucking trophy. Yeah, that's it, and uh, that's why I'll sit here and go, yes, we need to do, you know, and stroke my chin. <laughs> but then at the end of the day, I know what I'm like, and heart heart, so I totally get every other Jails fan who feels like that. Um, at this point One thing that that has been mentioned to us by, by other podders And certainly by listeners Is that possibly the manager Is a little bit too critical Of the players publicly And the reason for that is Is that he of course Said what he said after the weekend Didn't seem to get the reaction last night And the worry is If you go off on the players publicly Then You'll, you'll stop having that reaction Personally, I, I see what they're getting at. I, I feel his, his comments aren't quite that incendiary yet. I think he's more just honest. But is there a case for saying, look, Stevie, you maybe have to dial it down a wee bit because you can't just keep coming out and saying this. You need these guys to do your turn. But firstly, I don't think he's uh, quite there at that point yet where he's uh, gone overboard or gone too far. But let's say you know he does get to that point. There's a rational side to my brain again, David, that's um, agreeing with the guys and going, right, I can see where you're comfy and why that have a negative effect. But then, then there's the other side of me going, your Rangers players, deal with it. And if you can't deal with it, you don't deserve to be at the club. Yeah, that's that's sort of what I am as well. I kind of Plus, I, I don't like when a manager tries to tell me what I saw wasn't yeah. what I saw. I think it's, it's pointless. And I agree with you that if, if they can't respond in the right way I think it's more on them than on him but I, I can see the point of well you know Alex Ferguson didn't criticise his players in public which is a myth incidentally what Alex Ferguson mm-hmm. did was if someone else criticised them he would defend them but he, he did criticise his players in public but again a young manager and he maybe just needs to learn that sometimes you'll get a wee bit more with sugar than, than with a stick but 
Again, though, I look back to Warburton and Pedro, and they created a very uh, and Murty rather, and they created a very protective atmosphere, and it didn't seem to do much. So, I think that I'm, I'm with you. They either have the mentality or they don't, and there are questions because there are a few of them who are playing regularly, who've been there for a wee while, and there's questions about those those players' mentalities. See, on that as well, David. Just uh, in terms of Gerard. <laughs> I don't think I'm uh, breaking the ground here by saying that none of the players at Rangers are good as Steven Gerrard was as a player. So I can imagine that could be quite frustrating for him on the sideline, just standing there going, why are these cunts not as good as me? Uh, why are they not doing what I told them? Uh, you know, that, that's that's another thing that um, at an elite club, if a manager tells the players something, they generally will be able to take it in because they're top-level players. Mm-hmm. Whereas you're right, he's dealing with guys who just don't have that and maybe don't have the, the tactical or the... Um, the ability to do it and I think it's interesting that you mentioned Warrell being one of his boys his, his main two are obviously Tavernier and Morelos and I think it yeah. is partly because they do what he tells them mm-hmm. and uh, I, I, I agree with that yeah and I think that, that that's what it is they can process what he's telling them and they, they do take it on so very frustrating now I suppose if we had to have an away fixture David um if we could pick one out of a hat, it would probably be St Mirren. But then I thought that about Hamilton. And yeah. we got a performance which really up until the last few minutes was dug shite. So uh, tell us a little bit. I mean, St Mirren really barred, they've changed manager. Um, bar one draw with Celtic, they've had a fucking awful season, mate. Um, what, are we, what are we going up against this Saturday? Uh, we're going up against a side who are of middle of the table championship quality. Um, that's you know just the way it is. Championship quality, not yeah. not Premier League. No, that's a I big, don't think. That's a big statement. Yeah, I, I, well, I think to qualify that a wee bit, I think the the difference in quality between the top end of the championship and the bottom end of the SPFL is um, minimal, to be honest. I've said before, I've said uh, when I've been on here a few times, the relegation scrap in this league is going to be an absolute dogfight because there are three or four teams in the league who are, are simply just really poor teams. And you look at last night's match, uh, Motherwell against St Mern. Um I was at the Motherwell versus St Johnson game two weeks ago. Uh, I was working, I didn't go there for you know pleasure. And I've watched a lot of games at a lot of different levels and that was uh, this season and that was by far and away hands down, the worst game I've watched this season, easily. Motherwell are a poor team. They turn up in Paisley last night and turn over St Mirren 2-0. I think that speaks volumes of uh, the quality of St Mirren. They, I was, so Stevie Hannigan was saying to me the day that um, are they a team that's unbalanced? And I said, well, kind of. <laughs> they're balanced in the way that they're poor quality throughout their team, <laughs> but they've got absolutely nothing up front. They, they've, you know, it all comes back to what they've done in the summer. They brought uh, Stubbs in there and, you know, gave him free reign to make his own team, which really, you know, from a running a club uh, point of view, if you're bringing a new manager in, you need to let him bring about his own ideas. Cough, Pedro! Miss- Cough, Pedro! Hi. <laughs> we were miffed that he totally, um, he totally uh, ripped up the team. He did in certain ways, but even before the end of the championship season, Slipman were already starting to get rid of the family silver and uh, some of the players that they were there. Some of them were, had decided when Jack Ross was away to Sunderland, they were going with him. So, um, you guys like um, Lewis Morgan was obviously going to Celtic. 
So Stubbs did sort of have a, re- uh, a rebuild job to do there. <laughs> what he did was make an absolute arse of it and fill his team with really poor, low-level uh, English League 2 and League 1 players. And they're just simply being, they're simply really poor. The result against Celtic was an absolute, you know, anomaly. The Celtic were absolutely shocking that night to the point where a good team would have, would have beat them. But Simon have just been awful throughout this uh, season. I've watched a lot of them, obviously, with my working for Simon TV. And, you know, every week they just seem to outdo themselves and how poor they've been. Oren Kearney is a, you know, I, I watch my Northern Irish football as well. He's a guy, I like a guy, I, I rate he's a good coach. I don't think it can be, um, you know, uh, overstated just what a big job he's got there, though, to turn that around. I think even, um, I think someone's a good job for him, but I think it might even, in terms of timing, would have been better if he'd taken it, if someone get relegated and he took it next season. I think he'd yeah. had the, the tools to bring them back up. I don't know if he's going to be able to keep them up. Only saving grace for Sitmanin really is that Dundee seem to be even poorer than they are. That's Sitmanin's only victory this season, a 2-0 two, uh, a two, two win over Dundee, uh, sorry, a 2-1 win over Dundee Love Street. They're a really poor team, David. They've got very little attacking quality. They're a bit of a bomb scare at the back, but <laughs> there's that wee niggling uh, feeling in the back of my head, David, saying I know exactly how they're going to play. They're going to sit in and do this low block that you talk about. So all the emphasis is going to be on us to break that down. See, it's been this type of week that hearing that I'm just sitting going off oh, or fuck, you know, yeah. the, the dread is actually building rather than. But but it is a grass pitch, right? Oh yeah, it's and it's uh, to be fair to sit on their pitch is absolute top quality. Right. Okay. Well, look, there's no excuse. David's laid it in the line there. This is a piss poor team. Rangers have to go and beat them. And while we've spoken about patience, long term, all that stuff, Rangers have got to go and got to go and. I mean, there is no alternative here. Rangers have got to win, otherwise there is going to be an explosion, and I don't think that it will be an unjustified one, David. No, it's, it's, we will win, or we won't win this game. Sitman won't win it. We'll if Sitman end up taking anything from this game, it'll be because of what we've done or what we've not done. <laughs> There's absolutely no excuse for not getting. Uh, not getting the right results in this game. This is a game that, on paper, should be ideal for us. Again, on paper, I'm expecting us to go to Paisley on Saturday, put in a really good performance, get a few goals as well. Uh, really, we should be looking at a 3 or 4 nil victory, and that will set us up uh, looking on to next Thursday and get a bit of confidence back in the team. There's absolutely no excuse for not getting a decent result here. Okay, well, I hope that that's filled you with confidence, folk, uh, rather than fear as it has with me. But I'm going to say Rangers will. I can't have too much faith. I'll, I'll go Rangers to win 2 0. David? Ah, oh, fuck it, I'll be confident. 4 0 Rangers. 4 0 Rangers. Okay, split the difference, folk. Get your coupon on for 3 0. Uh, at the weekend Now If you want to hear more From uh, us here at Heart and Hand Then visit our Patreon site Patreon.com Forward slash Heart and Hand Where we have New shows going up Every single New shows We've got four or five New shows going up Every single day Including yesterday You've you've asked for it For a long time But uh, the return of the Well The original gangsters Of Heart and Hand With uh, myself and Scott Vandenacker uh, On the imaginatively titled David and Scott show Where we don't discuss a lot of football But we did discuss Halloween 
why young people are cunts and uh, that fucking Queen film. So uh, entertainment abounds if you want to head over to there. Um, just one ninety nine per month or three ninety nine per month for the full package. Uh, if you want to buy some Heart and Hand branded tat, then please do because uh, we have it available. And if you want to come and see Craig Moore, join the Heart and Hand panel at the Loudon Tavern Glasgow on Friday the 9th of November. There are still tickets available. Not many, but there are some. And uh, I will will stick the link up on my social media site. You'll be able to go and get them to go to our Heart and Hand page on Facebook or on Twitter. With that, I'd just like to thank our executive producers in London, Mr Mike Lee and Paul Miles, and my guest, the wonderful Mr David Marshall. Thanks very much, David. Uh, if you see me at Love Street on Saturday, please don't make a uh, an effort of pointing me out because you know I'm a wee bit uh, behind enemy lines on Saturday. I wish you get in for free though. Oh, well, I I mean credentials, David. That's what I'm all about. Credentials, you know that. yeah. Swings and roundabouts, mate. Swings and roundabouts. Thanks very much for listening, folk. We'll be back on Monday to discuss what happened in Paisley and hopefully, dear God, please cheering on a Rangers victory. Till then, take care. Bye. Network. Hay dos cosas que son absolutamente ciertas. Abuelita te ama y nunca diría que no a McDonald's. Date un gusto con un Grandma McFlurry en tu orden hoy. Es lo que abuela quisiera. Barata papá. En McDonald's participantes por tiempo limitado.